It's been um, an honor and a privilege to serve with this amazing team that you all have built um, over these past two years. I cannot tell you how hard everyone here has worked at KI, everyone we've have relationships with. It has been an honor and a privilege. And we really, really missed you. It's really good to see you. So we are doing this first thing back from COVID, from not being together. And we know there's still people at home. We miss you. We love you. We're here. We, we're one community still. Absolutely. Um, but for those of us who can and want to be together, it's just such an incredibly different thing. So we have the opportunity to do this incredibly different thing. This opportunity once a year to drop in, to stand up at odd times, to say things out loud, to stand while we're silent and then sit and then stay. Like we do this like incredibly complicated um, set of rituals and rites and choreography and liturgy, half of which we don't understand. It's great. Isn't it great to be a Jew? It's a great thing that we do once a year. This whole evening, this Kol Nidre evening is such an amazing experience for us. We are so committed, so many of us, to doing at least this once a year because it is just so incredibly compelling. So, uh, Cantor Franklin and I were talking before the holiday, and he shared with me um, something he'd read by a colleague, uh, our colleague Rabbi David Stern, who says, in its emphasis on humility... Kol Nidre provides a corrective to the toxic certainties of polarized discourse. What if we approached each other with the humility to recognize that our most confident convictions will always be qualified by the limits of our own knowledge and understanding? Kol Nidre grants us the gift of sacred uncertainty, the chance to begin this new year with a sense of what we do not know rather than a narrow certainty about what we do. It's what Buddhists call, Buddhists call beginner's mind. What if every time I were ready to proclaim some self-evident truth, I allowed Kol Nidre to whisper in my ear, says who? Says who? We decide so much is true, and it's like, really? Says who? We make all kinds of decisions before we even sit down. And it's like, what? When with such certainty. Kol Nidre this year for me, I'd like to invite us all to think about it being an invitation to humility. An invitation to, says who? An opportunity to open the machzor, to open the prayer book, to listen to the words, to look at the words, to look at the words below the lines, to look at the words at the back in a whole different service. Just because we can. And because the rabbis give us this. You think this is like for upper body health? This is because you add a poem, it becomes beloved, you can't take it out. Add a poem, it becomes beloved, you can't take it out. And this keeps happening over hundreds and hundreds, thousands of years. And look what happens. A tome is what happens. It's for you. It's for you to open and do with whatever you want. It doesn't matter what page we're on. I want us this year, can we sit down and just be with, with a whole bunch of curiosity, what the heck is going on? Because 
it's kind of odd a lot of what we do which is why it's so compelling because it's so other and it's so different from what we do it's so different from our habits and the grooves that we've gotten ourselves into even with covid try getting people out of their pajamas still some of them it's like those shoes are not appropriate for the civilized world anymore it's an opportunity this amazing Kol Nidre night, this amazing Mahzor, this amazing collection of literature and kavanot and intentions and people's musings. I know we have a complicated relationship to a lot of this. I know that. Do you think king of the world would be the first metaphor that your lesbian feminist rabbi would like totally be down with as her favorite? <laughs> what is all over this particular book? king of the world it's everywhere in here but if you've learned with me it's because that's what they did in babylonia and the babylonians were taking the destroyed temple ritual and trying to figure out what possible meaning it could have anymore without a temple why bother so they hugely massively heretically reconstructed the tradition and they said, sacrifice? Pfft, who needs sacrifice? We got this. We got words. We have longings. We have dreams. We have regrets. We have yearnings. It's all here instead of sacrifice. We offer that instead of sacrifice. The rabbis had no idea about Kol Nidre. It is such a tortured mess. Kol Nidre, if you look at it carefully, is it Hebrew? Is it Aramaic? Sort of. You could just say yes. Is it in the past tense, the present? Yes. It's, a, it's, it's absolutely, one of our scholars called it a grammatical monstrosity. Why? Because it made no sense. And the rabbis were very nervous that people were using it to undo the magic curses and oaths that they were going to make against another member of the community in the year to come. So the rabbis were getting very nervous about how close to a magical incantation this was feeling, and they tried to get rid of it. Do you think the Jews in the pews allowed that? Y'all always decide what we do up here. And always have. And the rabbis couldn't get rid of Kol Nidre. And so they keep trying to tinker with it and change it. And that year to this year or this year to that year. You'll notice the cantor was singing different words on it. Because there's seven million versions. Nobody knows what's going on with it. But what I want to say about that is how fantastic that everyone tried to deal with it. No one could deal with it. Now it's a mess. And it is the holiest night of the year for us. It's what brings all y'all out. It's what gets you out of your pajamas into decent shoes and into this building. Call Neadre that the rabbis were like, please get rid of it. So can we have that same approach maybe to the rest of the prayers, to the rest of the prayer book, to a melody, to a line, to something that arises in response to one of those. Can we just allow ourselves to just be deeply curious when we get bored? or distracted, or hungry, or my back is killing me, how much longer is he going to sing until they close the blessed ark? <laughs> when that happens, can we just go, ah, look at that. I'm uncomfortable. Huh. I'm physically uncomfortable. I don't like that very much. 
Hmm. That's kind of what we're supposed to be doing. That's why it's open so much. We're supposed to be on our feet. We're supposed to be uncomfortable. We're supposed to not be like snoozing and taking a nice schluff. If you do, it's fine. Don't worry. No one up here will judge. But that's not the point. The point is to be awake and alert and engaged. And the way the rabbis make sure that happens is that they keep you uncomfortable. And it often works. So this high holidays, if you're uncomfortable, if you're distracted, if you're bored, okay, that's okay. But maybe notice that and go, huh, maybe I'm not wanting to feel something. Maybe I'm not wanting to honor something that's coming up in response to that language, in response to that melody, in response to what my neighbor is doing. It's an opportunity for us to stop the habits and just go, huh, I'm bored. So what? You have to be bored somewhere. Good that you're doing it with the Jews on Kol Nidre nights. <laughs> and I know a lot of us, we even have a complicated relationship to the whole idea of prayer. I know, I know. I don't believe, if you repeat it outside here, I will 100% deny it. I do not believe in a being, capital B, that hears, listens, and answers or doesn't answer my prayers. I don't believe that. So what am I doing up here? Leading a prayer service for hour after hour after hour. I'm up here doing the best I can, which is what I think most of us are doing We're just doing the best we can. And when I think about prayer, and it can get very complicated, and then we're inconsistent as liberal Jews were inconsistent about, I pray you, oh God, king of the universe here, but I don't mean it. I don't mean there's a king. I don't mean there's a God. And I don't mean it's a boy. I don't mean it's a girl. Like, it gets very complicated. And it seems very inconsistent. But here's what I'm going to say. So we're charming collections of inconsistencies. That's okay, because metaphor is supposed to move us in ways that are not literal. These words on the page is created by so many generations of rabbis and poets and teachers and longers and, and sinners and, and amazing philosophers. Their words are here to move us, and we don't have to think about why. What do I mean when I say that? Why does Abina Malkina move me so much if it's hierarchical? Can we just let it open us this year? Can we experience it all as new? So I, I turn to some of my favorite philosophers who turn out often to be novelists. And Anne Lamott has this beautiful piece. You may have seen it in the New York Times. I, I've, I hacked most of it out. But I, I just want to introduce you to her theology. She is a person who found her way through sobriety to through a very small evangelical Christian church. And she's a fabulous writer if you've ever read any of her stuff. Anyway, so Anne Lamott says about prayer, I do not understand much about string theory, but I do know we are vibrations all the time. Between the tiny strings is space in which change can happen. The strings are infinitesimal. The space between 
nearly limitless. Prayer says to that space, I am tiny, helpless, needy, worried. But there's nothing I can do except send my love into that which is so much bigger than me. I wake up praying. I say a prayer some sober people taught me to pray 36 years ago because when all else fails, follow instructions. It helps me to not fixate on who I am, but on whose. I am God's adorable, aging, self-centered, spaced out beloved. I pray for my family and all my sick friends that they may have days of grace and healing. And I end my prayers, make me mindful of the needs of the poor. Then I put on my glasses, let the dog out, and start my day. I will have horrible thoughts about others, typically the Christian right or the Supreme Court, or someone who has seriously crossed me, whose hair I pray falls out, or whose book fails. I say to God as I do every Sunday in confession, look, I think we can both see what we have on our hands here. Help me to not be such a pill. I lift up one of my grown Sunday school kids who's in the ICU with anorexia. I beseech God to intervene, and she does, through finding my girl a great nurse later that day. Nurses are God's answers 35% of the time. My prayer says to whoever might be listening, I care about her and have no idea what to do but to hold her in my heart and turn her over to something that might do better than me. And I hear what to do next. Make her one of my world-famous care packages, Overpriced socks, a journal, and needless to say, communion elements tailored to her, almonds and sugar-free gum. It's love inside wrapping paper. What if that's our prayer this Yom Kippur? What, what, What if that's our prayer? I don't know. All I can do is turn it over to something that might do it a little better than me or with me through me what what if that's it this yom kippur okay so you're bored you're a little tired you're hungry your back hurts okay we're doing it for a reason we're doing it as tenderizer to soften to soften the heart to stop talking to ourselves so harshly to stop talking to each other with such quickness to judge and know it all just to tenderize that's what the discomfort is supposed to do break us down a little i want to wish us this yom kippur the capacity the courage to truly drop in to truly drop into a heart that maybe we can keep open that maybe we can keep curious and maybe we can hold ourselves with a deep and abiding compassion because really that's what the rabbis are inviting us into and when we resist it's never for our own good so I'm going to ask you to just play with me play with us look at all these people ready to be in this holy sandbox figuring it out together turning it over to each other turning it over to community turning it over to that which is bigger than all of us may we each have the curiosity, the courage, the strength, the commitment, and the joy that comes with trying. Good job, Tiff.